Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode today. I'm excited for this episode because I just started working with a few new people and there's been a theme that's emerged. In a lot of, there's a lot of overlap between the situations and the thought patterns that these particular guys are struggling with. And so I wanted to make an episode about this to hopefully help you if you find yourself in this place or if you're a wife, this is applicable to you as well. As I try to make every episode, it's it's so you can have an overlay of the relationship side of things, a husband side and a wife side of things. And so I love when people listen to the podcast, they then reach out for help because they want some help customizing the material and the tools to their situation. And so recently when I've had a few new conversations with people, this theme of uh, this, what I want to talk about today is exactly why I feel like so many people are actually struggling. It's, it's they're struggling with the same thing. And so the theme is this. When somebody is in a negative emotional state, you've heard me talk about how pornography use is so often a coping mechanism. So when they're in a negative emotional state, they feel like they're inadequate, they feel lonely, they feel sadness or rejected or like they're a failure. That's typically when they feel a trigger. There is an urge that surfaces because the brain associates those painful events so you for instance if you feel like you have a sense of low self-esteem and then something happens that lands right on that sensitivity and you feel maybe rejected or like you're not good enough what that does is it creates an experience of pain inside of you and after lots and lots of months or years of conditioning and habit the brain links pain with then creating an urge to watch pornography because that's been its way to deal with the pain. And so anytime people are struggling with this, they unintentionally, I think, find themselves working on the, they work on a, a level of approaching or solving the issue in a way that's not really getting to the core of why they're struggling. So what I mean by that is, so often people will use tactics to combat the urges without really understanding that the urges are a result of the pain that you're in. And so if you're in pain, feel rejected, feel inadequate, feel like you're not enough, the urge surfaces as a response to that, to try to then prompt you to get out of the pain by doing what you've done, which is coping in this way. So it's just like through association. And so as I've had a conversation with a few different people recently, there's a common theme that drives their coping. And that's what I want to share with you today. So when you're in a negative state, this is true for both husbands and wives. This is for everybody. We, Our brain tends to generalize things. And so I want to share with you a couple of examples and how I responded to their situations. Because as I talked about this, it, this one in particular, I was having a call with somebody yesterday. He said this was such a transformative idea. So I wanted to share this with you just in case this helps you too. So with this particular person, he, he generalized in such a negative way and the situation was he would get depressed, he would feel uh, completely inadequate and make these big sweeping negative judgments about him and about him as a result of his situation. So specifically his situation was he's working at a job that he doesn't really like. He's working in a, a, an industry that's kind of like an entry level position and he knows that the, the type of work he's doing does not utilize the skills that he know he has. 
And so he's a really powerful speaker and he can teach and present and and do workshops and he loves doing that kind of thing and that really plays to his strengths. So now as he's in between careers, he's working at a job that he does not like at all. He does not find any purpose or meaning in it. And the type of work that he's in feels kind of embarrassing for him. He just, like he said, it's kind of like an entry level position that he's he's really overqualified for. And so in that specific situation of not having a job that utilizes his skills, he makes this big sweeping generalization and says, I've amounted to nothing. I'm working at this job. That means I've amounted to nothing. And of course, when somebody has the thought, I've amounted to nothing, I'm unworthy, I'm I'm worthless, that's when the brain will kick in and send the body some kind of an urge or some kind of a a nudge or a prompt to get out of that pain. And for him, it was pornography use. For other people, it's social media. For some other people, it's food. Whatever the coping mechanism is, it's a result of the pain that you're in, which is, in this particular case, a result of how he's generalizing everything and putting a label or a meaning on it that's so, so disempowering. And so as I had a conversation, so I want to share with you three different examples and then share with you how I talked through each of these examples with people. Just so if you resonate with any of these, you can start to have the same new framework, the new way of thinking about this. So with this particular guy, I I said, it's so important to recognize that there's this huge generalization, a big sweeping judgment that you're applying to yourself, when really, if you narrowed down into the situation itself, what specifically is causing you to see it in that way, all it is, is you currently, for the last three months, are working in a job that's not the right fit for you. That's it. And instead of him in the past having seen it in in that way he made it mean i have amounted to nothing i'm in my mid-30s i'm working at this job that for me is a dead-end job that's not playing to my strengths equals i have amounted to nothing and so the principle that i wanted to share with him is that when we go global and generalize and and make too big of a statement about what something means, it's so difficult. Like we feel a sense of depression and hopelessness and worthlessness because how could you not be depressed if you tell yourself that you've amounted to nothing? And if the thing that triggers that is really, it's specifically, he's been working a job for the last two months that he doesn't like, amounting to nothing and working in a job that you don't really like are in world, they're, they're, they're light years away from each other. Yet, if he conflates those two things and makes it mean I've amounted to nothing, of course he's going to feel depressed, which activates his whole habitual response, which brings him back into the pattern of watching pornography that he hates. Then he feels bad about himself, which sets him up to do the same thing, you know, in the coming days and weeks. Second example, working with somebody who uh, has been making good progress and then there was a setback and he slipped. And he went further as he was searching for things than he felt like he should have. And so in this very same way, instead of isolating the moment and isolating the trigger and just targeting the trigger, he went global and said, I'm an addict. I'm still addicted. I'm not making any progress. I'm still struggling. 
And so I did a previous episode about the whole idea of labeling yourself as an addict and how uh, how unintentionally that will completely undercut your ability to find freedom in this. So if you if you haven't listened to the previous episode, I feel like it's so, so helpful. Uh, I, I had this particular person listen to it before he and I spoke just so we could have that context. And he said it was really helpful for him. So uh, I would encourage you guys to check that out if you haven't yet already listened to that. So for him, he made this global, he went global and said, I'm an addict. When really he'd been doing so well for a couple of months. And so I said, okay, let me just like highlight something. When we feel like we're in a negative state, our brain will generalize. That will oftentimes leave you in a place of discouragement. So instead of doing that, I want you to just notice that's the thought pattern. That's the automatic thought pattern. And there's a new way we can deal with this. And it's the same principle that I shared with the other guy uh, yesterday. It's I want you to really niche down or I want you to really clarify and go really, really niche and granular into what specifically happened. What was the thing that needs that needed attention in that moment? And he said, well, really, I had to slip up because I was feeling stressed because currently the stuff that's on my plate, I have, so, I have too much on my plate and I have competing priorities. And my wife expects one thing. My wife expects, uh, worse, he said that they're saving right now. They're saving some money. So his wife's anticipation or expectation was, hey, honey, we got to just like get, you know, we got to, we got to accumulate as much as we can to pay for a couple of things that are coming up. So he's like, yeah, I agree. Let's do that. And at the same time, the other competing priority was his schoolwork. And so there was this miscommunication between him and his wife and what he could realistically accomplish both in school and in terms of extra income. So he felt this overwhelm, this anxiety of these competing priorities. And in that moment, he just felt like it was out of his control. And that was the thing that led him to go back to these old habits. And so when we reflected on that, he came up with a couple of really, really great strategies. <clears throat> he, number one, got a little calendar that blocks out. It's like a, a little calendar that blocks out 30 minute segments each day. And he said, so often when I'm overwhelmed and stressed, there's just so much going on in my head and I'm not writing anything down. I just get kind of buried by all the to-dos I have in my mind. So his suggestion, his thought was in order to, like the other the countermeasure to that is I need to start writing things down on my calendar. So not only will that help me stay focused, but it'll help me as I include my wife with what's happening in my day so she can get a better sense of where I am. Because once they're on the same page, which is what she wants, she doesn't want to be left in the dark. She doesn't want to struggle and feel like she doesn't know what's going on and not a part of his life. So that 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 solution of I need to write stuff down and then I need to start to talk to her more and share with her where I am. And what I discovered is that when he would text his wife when he was tempted, it would be basically just like a report of what he what he was experiencing, which was the temptation. So in other words, what he would do is he would text her and he would say, I'm really having a hard time. I'm being really tempted right now. <clears throat> and then his wife would say, well, you know, thanks for sharing with me. You know, I hope that you can work through this. But, but when, so when I, when I heard him say that that was the type of share, the thing that I offered him, my suggestion was instead of telling her that you're tempted, I would encourage you moving forward to tell her why you're tempted. And it's in this case related to stress. Then I would go further. I would be specific about why you're feeling stressed. Because when you share with her, I'm stressed because of these competing priorities. And if I drop the ball, I get the sense that I'm a failure as a husband. 
that's way, way clearer and more productive than I'm feeling tempted right now. And so it is for the people who are listening, for both husbands and wives, this would be my encouragement. In this particular situation, when somebody's stressed or lonely or scared, the key in almost every instance, I, I, I pretty much always encourage everybody, step number one, open up and share that with somebody. If you're in a relationship, one of the best tactics and strategies that you can apply is to simply open up and share with your spouse how you're feeling, why you're feeling what you're feeling, and just let them in on the experience with you. By virtue of sharing how you feel without even any type of response, so often you're not looking for a solution. Sometimes you are, sometimes you might not be. But simply just by sharing helps to alleviate pressure. It helps us to feel like we're not alone in this. And when we're not alone, our brain literally processes information differently. There's some really cool studies that I've listed in previous podcast episodes, so I won't go into the, the details of the studies. However, I do want to emphasize the point, which is literally our brain processes info differently. Life and the tasks that we have on our plate feel more manageable when we're not alone, just because of how the brain processes it. And so the best thing that I can encourage anybody to do is when you're feeling overwhelmed and in a negative state, it's to reach out and share. And so just by virtue of doing that, it helps. And so when I get the chance to have calls with clients, so often they'll tell me just after, it's like, hey, I'm really glad that we could re- like that I could reach out. I'm so glad we could meet today. I just feel so much better. That again, that again is just, it plays right into the fact that by sharing and not being alone, we just feel better. And in that place, so often it goes from this big global statement of this particular person, I'm an addict and I'm still struggling and I'm always going to struggle with this. You take it out of that context and go granular into what specifically needs attention. And so as we had our conversation together, it went from I'm always going to struggle with this to all I really need is one or two effective stress management strategies that I can implement when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm at my limit. And he came up with a couple of those good strategies. And then moving forward, as he implements those, that'll keep giving him good feedback about how to keep improving, keep refining. But it just feels so much more manageable when it's simply, I need one or two really effective coping strategies for stress. We can handle that versus I'm always going to struggle with this. The last example that I want to give is about a partner. So a wife was speaking and I was actually, I had spoken to the wife first and she described how everything in the relationship after she found out felt like a lie. And I've heard that a lot of times from a lot of women that when they find out that their husband struggles with pornography, it redefines the past for them. And it feels to them like it very much taints the history of their relationship. Any good moment, let's say they're on vacation, or just having a good, you know, good day at home. When they look back at pictures of that particular moment, they can't help but think that was a lie. Right? That wasn't even true cuz now I found out what was happening and I didn't know it at the time, but now that I look back and know there was secrecy and uh and he was watching pornography during that phase of our relationship, it all feels like a lie. So the theme in what we're talking about in all three of these examples is when we go global and generalize things. 
And so I had the chance to speak with the husband recently to better understand where he was with everything to help get him started. And he said that when he hears his wife say that they've never had any real moments together, when he hears his wife say that he doesn't really love her, he told me verbatim, he said, that hurts me a lot because I know we've had real moments together. I know I've been doing these things behind her back without her awareness. But the reality is I absolutely love her so much and I can't seem to get that message through to her because she thinks that I don't love her and she thinks our whole relationship is a lie. And so he was really, really struggling because again, I could tell as I was speaking, there was no show, like he didn't have to put on any type of show. Like I could tell the sincerity of this really, really hurts me when I hear her say everything's a lie because for him, it wasn't. There were so many good and real moments But again, in our pain, our brain will generalize. So that particular thought pattern, I think it's it's so it will un it's it it undermines our ability to work through specific issues that need attention, because when we go global and generalize, we don't it it all becomes uh, so vague and ambiguous that it's hard to actually take any meaningful steps. And so I feel for the women who who can relate to this particular wife, because I think many women can. And I also feel for the husbands who just in their core uh, do very much love their spouse. And so for this particular husband, he just felt so bad because him watching pornography was not a reflection of his lack of love for her. For him, he just felt so bad because he brought that pattern into their marriage. He had never gotten the help that he needed before they got married. He thought things were under control. And then in a moment where he was triggered and didn't have the tools to deal with it, that's when he, he slipped up again. And then he kind of just went back to that pattern and got stuck. So he felt horrible because he loved her. And I can understand from her perspective, that action of him watching pornography doesn't reflect that love. Like that isn't like that action isn't love. But he just said he felt so hurt because there had been so many other moments where he did demonstrate genuine love to her. So it's just like a hopeless place for both of them to be. So his discouragement was, I brought this into the relationship and it doesn't mean that I don't love her. And so I wanted to share this example specifically in hopes that when a wife hears this, that there might be another way to look at this instead of everything feeling like a lie and feeling like you know none, none of it was real. That's another phrase that I'll often hear women say, none of it was real. That's such a big general statement that I understand. Again, no no judgment. I totally get that. I would probably feel the same way. My encouragement though is as you guys are working through this, that you can really deep dive into the granular details of when triggers happen, what tools need to be in place to make sure that a different decision is made moving forward. And then when you reflect on the sadness and the hurt that that those those decisions have created it's really it's really delving into the specifics of when i'm feeling sad and lonely and hurt what do you need in that moment it's reassurance it's comfort it's it's needing to know you're not alone it's needing to know what the plan is and how you're going to handle how the husband will handle this differently when you can really drill into the specifics it feels so much more empowering to know you're working with very specific things Instead of the brain's tendency, which is human nature to really generalize. 
And so there's much more that I can say about you know each of these stories and examples, but I, I the principle that I wanted to share was the thought pattern that gets us in trouble is generalizing. When we can identify that we're in that and we can identify why and what situation is causing us to get into a negative state, why do we feel bad, what triggered us, then you can actually take meaningful steps to address the trigger and address the reason why you feel the way that you do so that you can then make progress, find closure, repair your relationship, get the tools that you need to leave this issue behind you and actually heal so this doesn't have to follow you around forever. So I hope that as we've talked about this, maybe some of this resonates with you as you think about moments when you feel overwhelmed or discouraged, like you're not making progress. My encouragement, the tool, is to really get specific. Instead of going global, it's the opposite. It's going to the total other end of the spectrum, getting specific about what you need to do, what what situation needs attention, and then the more clear clarity you have, the more clear the answer becomes about what you need to do to take action. If you need some other steps and help to customize this to your situation, I would love to help in any way that I can. Uh, whether it's you having, you know, listening to more podcast episodes where I go deeper in other facets or aspects of this, or if you want to reach out for help personally, I'd love to support you in any way that I can. But again, my encouragement this this episode is to just really get specific so you know what you're working with and can actually then take steps to resolving it. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And for any of the men who are listening, I want to invite you to join if you're looking for some extra support and tools and help implementing these uh, tools and strategies so you can fully overcome pornography so that it doesn't have to follow you around anymore. Go ahead and go to uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash tools to quit. And the link is going to be here in the uh, show notes as well. So I look forward to watching you guys make progress and really overcome this addiction, get this problem out of your life, restore your relationship. So you can actually move forward and leave all of this behind you in a way that there's actually closure.